What are you boys up to? Baron's looking at something, isn't he? Always looking at a little satin satin. How is it that you're the one who's always late for the dog show? Who, me? Yeah, you. I, I know it's almost there, and I get, like, excited, so excited. I need to get, like, my tea and everything. <laughs> I, I need to prepare. Ooh, welcome to the dog show. Welcome to the special. It's been coming for a long while. We've been building it up for the series. Special this week, fatherhood. <laughs> you that day, you bastard. <laughs> Anyone seen East is East? I got accused of, of being that little boy, man, with that hood. <laughs> yeah. I got so much from my family. Gosh. that I've got a lot of similarities in uh, in my upbringing. Sajid, <laughs> well, maybe a cup of tea, half a cup. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the Indian uh, royal family. You know the the show Royal Family. Hi, Dad. Been doing a bit of IT, you know. IT. You mean SHIT? As we're introducing the topic of the fatherhood, just talk a little bit about our heritage. I kick it off. Grew up in Britain. My mum is Welsh and English, but my dad is from India. He moved to the UK when he was 15 years old, and that was without his parents. So his dad and brothers and everything was all still living in. India and my dad moved to the UK on his own and went to school here. He told me a story one time. He didn't speak any English. Teacher was telling him, don't pick up the ball. It's football. You know, don't pick up the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yes, yes. And the teacher's going ape shit on him just because he doesn't understand what the fuck he's talking about. That's Papa. Papa yeah, Tank. Papa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, oh. I'll go next then. Uh, Papa Dog Me. <laughs> he originally came, I think, similar to uh, Tank's dad came to to the UK and London when he was around about 14 or 15 from Guyana, South America. Lived predominantly in London for until his 40s, moved around a bit, but talking about a, a West Indian background dad, he used to tell me he used to, he used to pick rice when he was in Guyana when he was 13, 14. He used to bring the pot of rice he, he picked to the stream, he used to wash it, sort of bring it back home and a story he tells me is on the way home he used to eat all the rice and one time he got a little bit too hungry and ate too much of the rice and, and got slapped up in his head from his mum and dad so that's a story from uh, one of my dad's said that he <laughs> that's got very rice. that's why Dobby loves my rice we'll talk a little bit more about it but he obviously met my mum in in the uk as well and uh my mum's from grenada born in in the uk though and obviously met my dad in her youth as well also from a, a west indian sort of background yeah that's a story i never really quite understood from my parents it was a bit dodgy they never really spelled it out how they uh, met yeah i don't know maybe it's an indian thing maybe it's just a man thing but he never really talked about it too much all i kind of gathered is so my dad is 14 years older than my mum and he met her i believe basically as she was finishing school so i'm not even sure if mate, this, mate, this was like a fucking legit situation <laughs> How am I only finding out about that now? <laughs> I, I mean, no, seriously, seriously, yeah. no. Really, so my, really. my papa, papa Tang was a proper baron, you know. Like, papa <laughs> dog meat. Papa dog meat was 14 years older than my mum. Wow. And, it, and it, I swear to God, by all sounds of it, he plucked her straight from school. I'm talking... <laughs> Oh, jackpot! Mate, I'm pretty sure the, the full extent of the story is he put her in the back of his van and drove off one day. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, over to Baron. Baron, tell sorry, us the Baron. story. <laughs> my dad, he came over from a small village in India called Bishnapur, came to the UK when he was 17 to study at Leeds University. He was here with his older brother, who he had a massive falling out with, and they didn't speak to each other for like, well, till the older brother died. They had a massive falling out at some point of the time that my dad was staying to complete his degree. Basically, 
he left my dad with a situation where he didn't have any money. My dad tried to contact him to help him, but he was like, you're on your own sort of thing. And my dad had like was really struggling at that point and just left him basically to fend for himself. After living in the UK for like 10 years, he was working in mining, coal miner, and working in Ford. But then he went back to India to get married. So he met my mum in, well, there was an ad in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Advertisement in the newspaper. Right, yeah. right. Swipe right. But my dad did get the choice. So my mum's parents had seen a ad of my dad in the newspaper. And they were like, wow, he sounds like a nice man. He studied in the UK. Wow, that's amazing. So obviously at that time they didn't have pictures. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty in the newspapers <laughs> written out. So, so it's just like mathematician working as a coal miner looking for Yeah, mathematician. Lives in the UK, works in the UK and he's come to India to look for his bride. And so <laughs> so it's the English dream. Gotta find that advert. So, I that advert. so their parents invited my dad over and they were like, Oh, he sounds like a really nice man gonna get them married so at that point they were married they hardly ever spoke to each other and i think there was a couple of days later before my dad went to the uk with her like my mum had never seen an airport before i take the piss uh, piss out of my mum till this day about that to this day because she was in the airport and she was like wow it's so big it's, wow what is this <laughs> like she'd never seen an airport before <laughs> like she was all excited my dad knew how to speak English before he came to the UK. My mum's English was not very good at all. She studied English in school, but yeah, she had to learn a lot of English. So to... how old was your dad when he was married? My dad was 33 <laughs> and 33. my mum was 26. So um, your dad was 33. You're 33 now, right? 30, 32, yeah. So we need to get your advert in the Calcutta yeah. Express next year? Yeah. Nah, man. I, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I got I gotta marry a white girl, man. <laughs> we got we got Tinder for that. We ain't got no newspaper ads. <laughs> How is the Baron's advert in the Calcutta Express gonna read? Gonna read thirty two. Great personality, beautiful eyes, seeks a uh, nice white woman. Why is it gotta be white? <laughs> So, sorry, not white. Yeah, remove that from the ad. <laughs> uh, seeks a nice women for good times and possible marriage proposal. A nice women. <laughs> sorry, nice woman. <laughs> Man's getting greedy. Yeah, I think that's a whole dog cast for that book. I heard he's been researching Islam just so he can have four wives. So my mum was my dad's third wife. Yeah. Yeah. What a so he had already had one child by his first wife, another two by the second wife. Did he divorce or did he have three on the go at one time? <laughs> so he was separated from the first two women. Okay. So then I was the next in line. So I was tank number four. In Islam, you are permitted to have four wives. Giggity, giggity, on the basis that you can take care of them and that you're fair to them. But yeah, so my dad actually did have two wives at the same time. So my your mum and, and another? My mum was the, the white woman, so Baron was happy with that part. But yeah. to keep the family happy, he also had Indian side piece. Did you ever meet her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically... How did that family work? Was your, was your mum okay with it or did she not know about it? That's taboo in her culture, right? Her own family, of course, all English or Welsh, crowned on the whole relationship. But actually, they weren't married in the UK, the proper legal way in the UK, until yeah. some of my younger sisters came along. My stepbrother, from the, the wife that he had at the same time, is only one year younger than me. And then my sister is one year younger than him. And yeah. then he has a sister one year younger than her. 
So it really was two marriages at the same time. Both women knew about it. They were completely separate. It wasn't like we were all living as one big happy family. Didn't really meet the other children until I was about eight years old. Mm -hmm. So that's when my dad started to get a bit more religious and a lot stricter. And yeah, the kind of relationship dynamic with my dad changed quite a lot over the next years. I mean, in the end, he had total four wives with 13 children. Wow. (laughs) So I'm actually one of 15 children because my mum also has two sons from a previous marriage oh. there's 15 tanks in the family your dad should have had a couple of more tommy tanks instead of <laughs> probably has hasn't he? he probably got kids that you don't know about man it's, ver- got- it's very very possible my oldest brother is yeah. in his 50s wow wow yeah. And my youngest sister is 12. He's been spreading the tank love through many generations. Fucking creating his own army, man. Fucking Genghis Khan. He's got his own 11 v 11 squad. Didn't know this other family until I was about 10 years old, getting properly introduced to them as my dad got a lot more religious. And then we kind of moved a lot closer and to a point where like my stepbrother then was like my best mate then. Oh, friend. With my dad, he got married. Not to my mother, he had a previous marriage beforehand. He had three kids, two boys, one girl, who are about 10 years older than me, 12 years older than me, and then 15 years older than me. He separated away from his wife. His wife going off with another guy. He had custody of the three kids. And then obviously met my mum. So my mum sort of became the mother of those three kids, as well as having three other kids with my dad. So there's six of us total, the so-called stepbrothers and sister. I just see as blood brothers. I don't see them as stepbrothers or anything like that. We we remain close, still connect. Yeah, my dad's got six kids which we'll find out a little bit later. He's got some good traits and bad traits in terms of fatherhood, but he was always the breadwinner in our family and not heavy on religion. Didn't have any religious beliefs coming in from another country, neither did my mum, but they thought it was important that we were brought up in a Catholic environment. We did go to church uh, a lot more when we were younger. So obviously he thought the beliefs of church and structure was important, even though he didn't go himself. He did send myself and my mum and sort of nurtured us through that way, getting communion, getting baptised, confession, all that sort of stuff that was something that was prominent in my childhood nice fun fact with my siblings is every one of their names start with a and i'm the only one who's got my dad's name which is um so that's quite interesting actually that it sounds like he wasn't really following the religious kind of stuff himself but was still <laughs> sending you along to that way of life to repent yeah. i think he just wanted you out of <laughs> the house <laughs> yeah so, i think so i think as it turns out he should have he should have come with us sure. i remember my dad when we were growing up like this is again when i was like 10 he used to because he didn't used to live with us actually he was kind of like living between the two families so it was like a few days at ours a few days at theirs so when he would Did come you still over sleep in the same bed as your mum and both mums yeah yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean we lived in completely different houses dynamic, like coming both home <laughs> yeah i know that but like your mum's coming home and he's not been here for four days you know he's probably out tanking everyone you know yeah, yeah, like, yeah. of a wife i yeah. feel that's a weird dynamic right yeah, absolutely yeah i mean we didn't question it because at the time it was the norm for us we just growing up as kids dad's there a few days dad's not there a few days Fair again, issues, that though, spreading love 
Yeah, man. And as you said, like get into it a lot later on, but actually, we were grateful a lot of the time for those days that he wasn't around. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, the story that I wanted to just quickly is when he would come home, like we hadn't seen him, but he would come over on the weekend in the afternoon, and he would make us all go to bed. He would say that like, oh, the prophet used to have afternoon nap, but now after all those years, I just realised he was getting his dog meat on, <laughs> <laughs> putting all the yeah. kids to bed, and uh, and then doing his things, busting his nap, man. <laughs> what a guy man like to live that life as well yeah I, I don't know how he got away with it the guy must have had a lot of charm obviously he had my good look <laughs> hello 911 emergency there's a handsome guy in my house oh <laughs> wait a second cancel that it's only me <laughs> man must have a sausage on him too man <laughs> yeah, yeah the, that, that bitch genetic <laughs> as well that was genetic <laughs> Fucking massive uh, But do you know what it is, yeah? Okay, he might be a good-looking guy or not, but the guy just had an aura about him. Yeah, same. Like, if he says something, I listen to him. I don't talk back to him. You're so yeah. crazy. Silence! I kill you! Earliest memory I have of the other family is we were getting in the car to drive off to Barry Island. This mum and two little kids basically kicking the car, screaming at my dad to pull over the car. And that's the first knowledge that I had that there even was another family. But it's so strange when you're a kid, but you don't even question these things. No. You just accept it. Your dad just tells you, oh, yeah, you got some brothers and sisters. And you're like, oh, OK, cool. Can we go play yeah. with them? Think about those things. You're not really wise about it, you know? Yeah. I don't think I even knew about this other family until I was about six or seven. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Go on, Baron. Give us a bit more background. My dad, not not as fruitful as your father's. He had the one relationship, my mum. <laughs> that you um, know of. Yeah, and he, I have uh, three other sisters. I'm sorry, two sisters and, uh, and one brother. And there's myself. So four of us. It seemed like they were together for the kids. I'm sure that they must have been sick of each other at some point in their lives, but they were happy to ride along with it. And in terms of after my brother was born, they didn't sleep in the same bed for all that time. Like, till this day. To this day! <laughs> they, it was very this weird is... for me, like, growing up, watching TV and... Uh, Seeing how like relationships work, and uh, my mom was sleeping in my um, in my brother's room in bunk beds. She was in the bottom bed, and my my brother was in the top bed. And your dad was downstairs putting chairs against the door. Oh yeah. <laughs> At some point he worked late shift, so I never really saw him much after six o'clock. There was one time when I wanted to use the toilet. I go downstairs to get a glass of water, and it must have been about like. 2 a.m. in the morning. I heard the TV in the living room, so I wanted to open the door to just to see what my dad was up to, say hello to him. And the, and, the, and I tried to open the door, but I couldn't open it. My dad was like, no, 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 sorry, don't don't come in. And I was like, what, what's going on? And he had, like, chairs barricaded on the doors. And like, <laughs> Typical Baron. And, um, and at some point in my in my life, we was recording a particular program at, on Channel 5, put the uh, VCR on timer, <laughs> changed the channel on timer mode as well, because he always watches news at the time. So channel changed to what I was uh, intended on recording, which was Naked in Westminster. And uh, it, <laughs> I, I thought that he might have just changed the channel back to Sky News at that point. He did that, but then he put the channel back to Naked in Westminster. <laughs> you, you, and I, you, you set your dad up there. You tricked him. I like it. <laughs> I, I, he didn't know how it moved to that <laughs> moved, moved to that channel, but it was funny because it did go back to Sky News, then back to Naked Westminster. I know why he barricaded the door. <laughs> Oh, God. See, this is quite old school, right, Dad? I don't know how you feel these days. I think times have changed, right? That parents feel the need to stick together for their children. I don't think that's the same with our generation. Like, I don't think it's such a taboo now to get a divorce if things ain't working out. I don't think it helps the children at all, like, to stick a relationship out. Obviously, make it try. 
but not over a decade where parents end up hating each other and just staying together for the, yeah. what they say is the sake of their children when actually their children are just growing up in a home where their parents are arguing or fighting. Or I agree with that. I saw it first-handed with my parents, but they seem to make it work. But they look a lot happier nowadays as opposed to growing up where there was no real chemistry, really. It was more like housemates. <laughs> Don't keep me out. I've started to really like you. So can I stay? Of course you can stay. So how would you describe your relationship with your father when you were growing up? When I was growing up, like strict background, my father was always the one disciplining me, but he wouldn't really spend time and do fun stuff with me, like watching football. So the relationship was more like I saw my father as a scary figure. You say your dad's a dis disciplinarian. Was your dad like a, like I know both of a little bit about aura, right? And yeah. my dad is five, eight, five, nine maximum you know right, how tall yeah. is your dad like in stature like five five okay yeah and yeah mine also isn't very big i would say he was probably about five eight as well yeah uh, like i mean <laughs> it's crazy that you look at him and you and then just like you said aura is yeah i mean i could be four or five inches taller than him but now you know you'd, you'd see him and you'd almost want to say crumble but you'd be like oh what an aura like i mean yes sir you know you bow your hair you know just weird even like now i'm at this age uh, you know he's just got that i won't say a hold but he just got you just got that respect you got that ingrained in you for how many ever yeah. years in, in in your childhood but you just you just know that's dad even even my older brother who's old who's big taller he's stronger it's yes dad is that respect thing yeah he was just like almost the same with other people you know? you know i saw him lose his temper quite a few times with just random people or like, <laughs> very yeah. short-tempered you wouldn't like me when i'm angry very um, very very short-tempered very very alpha my dad yeah was. very yeah, proud very like type a I just see big six foot two big muscle men crumble under my dad my dad <laughs> look at them similar to my one as well where where even though like He's a short man. He would still have that, like, aggression on him. You know, I did hear uh, stories when he, like, he got mugged in a lift. He had a samurai sword put to his head. <laughs> Crazy stories, and you just realise he's a human being. <laughs> you know, as much as all the uh, aggression and everything behind him, sometimes it was a front. And yeah. Uh, Baron was saying he never did anything fun with him. Well, my dad used to take us down the park. My dad is a super stubborn guy, right? Whatever he says goes, you know? You ever see Waterboy and Adam goes, Mama says, Well, folks, Mama's wrong again. Whatever my dad said sort of goes, and... I remember, I don't know, when I was maybe like 13 or so, my brother was 14 and my dad was teaching us how to play tennis uh, and we were playing doubles and then classic sort of 14, 15 year old, my brother got cocky and goes, let me do it how I want to do it, all right, don't tell me how to do it, right? And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> it's about to go down. So, think you know how to do it, you think, yeah, man, my brother is so cocky, so cocky. Even to this day, he's so cocky, right? He goes, <laughs> yeah. He goes, he goes. I'll play both of you, pointing to me and my dad, and I'll beat you. That's how good I am. That's like, oh my god. So one thing I'm doing is, if I mess up as my dad's partner, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna because <laughs> I'm making him look bad here, yeah, right? And second thing is, if I score uh, the tennis points on my brother, guess who's gonna go get licks later on when daddy's not around? Me. So I'm like, I'm like, how do I play this? How do lose, I play this? Like, so I'm like, I'd rather get licks off my brother than my dad. So I'm going to play properly. So it's my brother against my dad and me. 
and I don't know what happened, but, <laughs> but the worst thing about it was my brother hit like a clean winner, and all he was doing was strutting around, walking around, flexing his muscles, shrugging his shoulders, nodding his head at my dad, and my dad was getting all vexed. You cannot be serious! <laughs> the more confident my brother got, the more winners he was getting. And, and, to, be, and to be fair, like, if, if I was my brother, I'd be putting all the balls into my court, right? I'd be putting it into my brother's court. But my yeah. brother kept whacking it over to my dad and making <laughs> run across the court like stupid. And I'm like, I'm giving it one of these scratchy heads at moments. And then my brother won, right? And then my, oh, he was so cocky. He was a bad winner more than he was a bad loser. You show me a good loser and I'm going to show you a loser. It's not a popularity contest. And I remember, I remember on the way home, my brother was talking, yes, yes, I told you I was going to win. I told you. <laughs> and then my dad just whacked him in the back of his neck with a racket. Whacked. I'm not even joking. Whacked him. Whacked him. And then my brother was like, my, bro- my brother is one of those pride that I ain't going to show him I'm going to cry. Yeah, and then like, and then like walking home, it was me and my brother, like dead silent. Shit. And then my dad, for the first time ever, never seen it before, never ever seen it. I always tell my brother, you were the first person I ever heard my dad apologize for giving licks to. Yeah. And I was like, you are his favorite. That shouldn't <laughs> have done that. That was bad. Uh, my dad got emotional because it was an ego thing. It, yeah. How dare you prove me wrong sort of thing. And I was like, my brother, I'll celebrate, don't celebrate. I was like, nah, it's okay, it's okay. My brother was like, it's okay. I shouldn't have been cocky. I should be more receptive. And I was like, you little pussy. <laughs> um, but um, that was a funny park story. Uh, I've never heard my dad apologize for giving anyone a lick. It was kind of funny to see my brother because I kind of wanted him to win. Yeah put my dad in his place a little bit because my dad was a little know-it-all in certain things <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing why are you la- I, I just i just shocked man but it was the same with my dad if this guy had any power or authority in his life luckily the guy was a fucking bus driver a caretaker in a school if this guy had any power the guy would have been fucking hitler i'm telling you <laughs> Proper psychopath. <laughs> the guy was a psychopath it's so strange. Now, he's like completely mellow. You still got that aura about him. Oh, he's not the same guy, luckily, that he, that he was. When I was growing up, the guy would lose his shit over the most smallest thing. You know, I remember him beating me because my nails were a little bit too long. Sure, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about like just over a week or something of nail growth, you know, not like, like the aviator or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Dad would beat the shit out of me now. What I realized, a lot of it, like the stuff that he was telling us to do, be in the mosque 30 minutes before prayers and after prayers and everything, you know, to stand at the front. It was all about him impressing. You're representing him, yeah. Yeah, so like anything we did, like a reflection on him. And he yeah. was gonna make us pay for it, you know, like, okay. so we got beat with everything, mate, with like, bare hands, with the fucking, what we used to call the black stick, which was from, from the vacuum cleaner, the stick from the vacuum cleaner, he used to take oh, it out yeah. and beat yeah. the shit out of us with it, you know. It's so funny because in this day and age, the first thing anyone would think listening to these stories is like, oh man, you got to ring child protection. Like, my friends didn't get beaten up like that. Not at all. Like, it's so strange because obviously we all went to university and I'm meeting some kids who grew up from Western culture, like living in the UK their whole lives, English parents. And they're like best mates with their dad. Yeah. 
And going you know, to a pub and drinking, like, isn't it? Like, <laughs> honestly, yeah, it was weird, right? Mate, mate, listen, yeah, I never had a single conversation with my dad ever that wasn't telling me how I should conduct my life. Yeah, what you are know? you doing? What, what are you doing in studies? Preach, 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 preach. Never yeah. ask me, oh, how's school? How are you getting on? Because of like the religious stuff as well. Like, So if I did well in music or something like that, you'd be like, oh, why are you doing well in music? That's haram. He said that doing stuff on camera is haram. Bro, all due respect, when was the last time we listened to your dad? <laughs> your dad was the opposite. Like, he'll be like, okay, yeah, if you're doing well in, in history, all right, watch English, watch science, and it'll find yeah. something why are you not good in that the thing was like my mum so she actually left school a year early probably when my dad was fucking corrupting <laughs> she got <laughs> kicked out of school you wouldn't think it if you knew her she's like the softest woman ever so yeah my dad also was just totally concerned with religion so neither of them so my mum didn't push me in school because she didn't feel I guess like she had a right to because she never achieved it that was a bit of a regret for me I got my head into gear quite a bit later like when I was going to college school I was just a dosser really you big dosser but yeah my dad was proper authoritarian and the thing was not only did he have four wives but the guy was drinking and partying in his young age but i wasn't even allowed to hang around with girls i wasn't allowed to talk to girls went to an old boys school <laughs> gay I was like gathering, <laughs> gathering. It sounds like a fucking hunt now, but like the Patri newspapers, yeah, like all <laughs> the fucking the, with the big tits. And it was with my stepbrother actually. We were like collecting these fucking newspapers, and we were stashing them in the garden behind a bush. And <laughs> would it have got wet though? Like a carrier bag or whatever. Listen, right, we're teenage boys. I'm not trying to say this was very smart or anything. I'm just telling you the facts. Okay, <laughs> so, okay, okay. And. Uh, my stepbrother's mum found them. Yeah. And so she had put them under her pillow in the bedroom to show my dad later, you know, like, what the fuck oh, is this shit. all about? But we were obviously looking for them. We were like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? And then we yeah. were just, like, looking around the house for some reason. We thought we might, they might be around the house. And we found them under the pillow. And so we had the genius idea. We took the newspapers out and we replaced them with newspapers of just ordinary shit. <laughs> <laughs> So when my stepmom showed my dad, it was just like fucking newspapers of like fucking <laughs> John Major or whatever, you know. What <laughs> Uh, oh, that's brilliant that's brilliant this is like the one occasion i really thought we were dreading it thinking we're about to get a beating there's yeah. no way we're gonna get away with this but actually it was the first time like my dad was properly level with me it's really weird he was like oh what do you think we should do and i expected <laughs> to get the biggest rollicking in my life and i was just like uh ground me maybe <laughs> they fucking know all about this stuff it's like the same now like if you found your kids having this material you're, like we wouldn't flip out right no you would be like oh, I would take it for I'd himself I'd just tell him to find a better hiding place and be like, oh, well done, mate. <laughs> but yeah, my dad's response was to fucking try and get me married, mate. <laughs> 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 but uh, I managed to call that down. I was like, no, 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 you should just ground me, ground me. <laughs> just hearing about all those beatings, especially from Dog Meat, there was two major beatings, which my dad caused, but it was mostly about the mental sort of bullying. The one major one was when my sister, like 17 years old, and she was doing work experience at that time and doing her studying A-levels. We all sat down uh, having some food, and then my dad was talking to my sister about her work experience and how it's going. Like, my sister didn't want to listen to him. You're just a small man. But I didn't think nothing of it. We're just watching TV. And then, like, five minutes later, it was like a uh, delayed reaction. And then he just turned to my sister and he just slapped her. 
And then he slapped her again and again and again, like five or six times. She was wearing glasses at the time and like the glasses just went on the floor, just like broke completely and he just carried on. And then I was like shaking. My sister was, she was almost crying. This is my other sister watching on. My mum came in, she thinks she's cooking at that time. And my mum was like, what, what's going on here? My sister was just complete. And then she went to university like a year later to Manchester Uni. Basically around that time, she just stopped talking to my dad for like years. And the same thing happened to me as well. Maybe a couple of months later, talk, talking to my mom. And then I said a, a word called Salah. And Salah means fuck. <laughs> and then my mom was like, you can't say that. You can't speak like that. And my dad like overheard. And he just like, <laughs> he just punched me and like, Bam, beating the shit out of me, and then I, I did a cheeky little elbow, <laughs> cheeky little elbow, <laughs> yeah. like into 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 his stomach to stop him, and then he punched me even more harder. And then afterwards, mum like tried to separate, but like, tried to push my dad out of the way. And then he said, yeah, in Bengali, "Oh, you're you're getting all brave, trying to fight back, eh? You're getting all brave, trying to fight back." <laughs> and then he, he just walked away. I wasn't like emotional or anything like that. I was just yeah. shocked. I was shaking. From that day, I didn't talk to my dad for like seven years. Fuck, like, really? I went to uni yeah. a, a year later didn't talk to my dad when i came back home for christmas and it's it's not like i didn't want to talk to him it was awkward but he turned his face he it was, was actually more from his side then and which made it more awkward to the point when after the first few occasions i, I went back home and and we didn't talk i started like stopped talking to him as well like i i didn't really want to talk to him anymore so we just didn't talk to each other and it was like fucking awkward you know <laughs> i think my one my, of those ones where he'll come in the kitchen and you'll walk out or yeah and like I, I watching tv downstairs he would come downstairs sit in the living room and i'll just walk out and my mum said this is not great you need to talk to him and she even uh, said something to my dad like this is getting ridiculous. Like you got to have to talk to your own son. And basically my dad said, no, he didn't want to sort it out. I think at that time, at that period, my sister eventually like apologized for everything that happened. And my dad, <laughs> and my dad apologized. That's crazy well. that she apologized, you know. And my dad apologized as well. Yeah. My dad, sorry, he didn't apologize. <laughs> my dad didn't apologize. No, he would never apologize. But my dad said, I accept your apology. Apologize. It's, yeah. it's great what you're doing in university now and hope you get your degree and everything sorted out. The it's major crazy beef- that he gave her a beating and she apologized to him, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two the two beatings kind of like yeah. stopped everything, you know, stopped yeah. the, the relationship from working. But actually, like, the worst incident for me wasn't even like a beating. It's a stupid story. Just being stupid kids again, I was probably about 13, 14 at the time. There's a soap one. Yeah, so... Uh-huh. So basically, the the whole story is this, right? My sister is uh, two years younger than me. We were both in school, but at different schools. And there was a boy who was putting a pound in her drawer on a weekly basis or something because he wanted her to be his girlfriend, wanted oh, to be her boyfriend. Great. And my sister came to me, like, because I actually knew the boy, right? He used to go to the same mosque as me. So my sister came to me and was like, this kid is giving me money and he wants to be my boyfriend or whatever. And I was oh. like, oh, well, do you want to be his girlfriend? And she was like, no, 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 no. He's giving me this money and stuff so i was like <laughs> i was like a fucking like crafty little stupid kid i was like yeah yeah just take the money and just <laughs> tell him you tell him you're his girlfriend you know so, so anyway yeah one day i'm basically just like i don't know playing around the living room doing some stupid stunts or whatever and then this pound drops out of my pocket so i'm taking a cut you know from this, from this <laughs> You're pimping your sister out, mate. Are you my pimp now? <laughs> so that's basically the line my dad said to me. I hadn't really thought about it. I was just like, if some kid's... Pimping dumb... out your sister, basically, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So, 
So I was just thinking, you know, like, yeah, some kid's dumb enough to give us money. Why, why not the fuck? <laughs> just take it. You know, you're 13 years old or whatever, or 12. That's she's like younger. Years. It's like, what the fuck are they doing? They're like holding hands once. Or like, it's not even that, right? You're just saying your boyfriend and girlfriend. Nothing's yeah. fucking happening. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, pound drops out of my pocket. My mum sees it. She's like, oh, that's my pound. And I'm like, no, 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 it's mine. She's like, where'd you get a pound from? Yeah. <laughs> I was oh. like, no, it's mine. It's mine. And she's like, I'll give it to your dad and we'll let him get to the bottom of it. <laughs> Just like the next day or whatever, you know, I see my dad and my my dad's like, you know, I heard about this pound. Go and get your sisters. I want to hear everything. So there's like the four of us. There's like me, my stepbrother, my stepsister and my sister. Because yeah. my dad does nothing, you know, no one knows anything. I was like, you know, I would just blag it out. But my sister, he was always light on the girls. He was only like beating the boys. Like he, he didn't really touch the girls. So my sister's like all fucking brave. I know she's like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm going to tell him everything and so she just fucking comes out with it like so there's this boy he's giving me money um and i'm saying i should take the money and say he's my my boyfriend <laughs> i don't know how my dad decides but he's like all of you are fucking in on this like he's like losing his shit he's like you're pimping out your sister you're pimping out your sister shit. so his first instinct is like he's like i'm going to the kitchen and like luckily my stepmom's there you know because he's getting a fucking knife he's like i'm gonna shit. fucking chop all your hands off i don't know how serious he was my dad didn't really joke about shit like if he said he was gonna do somebody he's gonna do something and my stepmother is like crying like you know like no no what the fuck are you doing like obviously not yeah. swearing at him because she was scared of him as well and in the end he settles on the fucking soap doesn't he so <laughs> he, he, he gets a couple of bars of soap cuts them into a nice little house and i'm like i've seen my fucking dad a million times and I've, I've never seen him this angry about something so i know he's legit again i was probably the stupid one like my brothers and sisters are just like crying and stuff whereas i'm like oh fuck it he's, he's serious this time i'm just gonna have to fucking do it so i just start munching down on this dove soap <laughs> it's fucking awful and i swallow it all down you know literally i've eaten my fucking whole half bar of soap so like to this day if i go in a bathroom and i smell this soap it makes me want to gag get imperial fucking leather. nauseous yeah yeah it's this one it's imperial I, leather, I, used yeah. it, you, I used it in uni and then yeah, you were like, yeah. get it out of my face <laughs> <laughs> Were you the only one that eaten the soap then? So yeah. I think like maybe one of my brother or sister had taken like a little nibble at the corner. But I was like, my dad's fucking serious. He's about to cut our fucking hands off. But yeah, I was the only one who really like made a good fucking effort of it. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, yeah. my stepmom managed to kind of stop him from going any further with the rest Shit. of them. But yeah, so not only like the smell and stuff, like I couldn't eat properly for at least like six weeks, two months. Or <laughs> like everything I was eating just tasted like really bad. It had like killed my tongue taste buds <laughs> that was the worst thing I think my dad ever did to us for sure yeah. Yeah. and I think the only reason we're talking about me still talking to my dad now like after all this shit is because my mum broke up with my dad when I was 15 years old I was working at the time at McDonald's and my mum was telling me stuff we were driving back home every night she was talking about leaving my dad and to her I'm like oh no you sure and like I think you should do it if that's what you feel but inside I was fucking overjoyed yeah. you know i was like this guy is going to be out of my fucking life that's a strange thought for like a 15 16 year old boy to have just want your dad gone completely changed my dad luckily like the divorce he's like a lot more mellow and was a lot better with us whenever we saw him now but at least we're on like good terms did he I, talk to your mom um not so much he makes that effort he's still with this other wife and my yeah. mom has since remarried my mum's husband is a bit funny. He doesn't want him really around. She's probably told him some of the stories. Yeah, understandably, isn't it? But at least he give you lots of money in it in your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> He's the kind of guy he carries around with him at all times. 
a thick wad of fifty pound note. <laughs> just enjoys that, whipping right? it out and like fifty, 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 and then ends up giving you the fiver at the back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and like whenever he goes to India to see like the distant relatives, he buys like a load of fucking phones and stuff to take back to them, like just to show I off, like like, like, like he's the big man living the life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. my dad. <laughs> Image, isn't it? My dad always looked the part, man. I tell you all that. He always looked prestige wherever he went. Always looked the part. I was out of shine issues. I am hard, but I am fair. Here you are all equally worthless. I know that you talked about your worst sort of beating and that. Oh, I can't really think of too much. As in the worst one. Oh, God. A few stories just popped up <laughs> in my head there. Uh, all the memories. Actually, when I was younger, was playing a card game with my dad. Again, for some reason, I found myself on his team, which is always the worst. <laughs> my dad always wanted to win. I think that's where I probably get my competitive nature from. But I was maybe 12. I kept making a wrong decision. I mean, and every time I put a card down, I'd almost shit myself and look up at him, see if they made the right decision or, or whatever. <laughs> I remember he just lost his head. He just kept slapping me. And it was the first time I ever, ever, my mum stopped him. Like, he hit me consecutively. When he whacked me, I was making 11 or 12, and he, and I wet myself. Because he, yeah. he was slapping me constantly. The worst thing my dad would do is, like, he'll tell the other brother or sibling, go get a belt so I can beat uh. me. And the worst thing about that was, if you pissed off that sibling that day, or you stitched them up or something, they're getting that big-ass belt with that big-ass belt buckle. And I'm like, ah, uh, you know, like, uh, and, and I had to do it sometimes. <laughs> And like my dad beat my sister, and I always felt bad for my sister. So I used to get that thin belt all the time. I remember once my dad clocked it. He goes, nah, 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 go get a big, thicker belt, please. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. And, uh, and I'll take ages to try and do it and, and try and find the next finished one. And he'd be like, hurry up, or I'll get you one. And I was like, oh, shit. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. So I know we're all talking about the discipline side of it all and how was your dad's as providers because my dad was the sole sole breadwinner he used to go i wouldn't see him throughout the day he would leave at six o'clock in the morning come back at nine o'clock my dad used to teach people how to drive he always used to tell us oh i hate it i hate it i hate it and my dad used to have psoriasis and he used to get creamed up my mum six o'clock in the morning and he used to go out the whole day and graft he used to have his own driving school after he worked for a company my mum used to then work the reception and they used to tag team it that way. But my, I always remember my dad saying, I absolutely hate my job, but I have to do it. One, I'm good at it. And two, provide for the family. So how was your dad as provider? So obviously we're talking about one segment of his discipline. A hundred percent in terms of work ethic. I get that from my dad. He was also like the fucking Indian Del Trotter. I grafted 19, 20 hours a day to put groceries on that table. Any little scheme he could work his way into Same. to make a bit Same. of money. The guy's done everything in life. He was a bus driver. He was a caretaker at a school. He did like scrap business. He made some decent money there. He was a property yeah. tycoon, you know, like selling and buying houses. He wasn't really like the provider for our family, though, like... I don't know if he was really contributing a lot. He's like a hoarder. He used to like work hard, graph, graph, graph yeah. for the money, but yeah. you never saw that money. <laughs> you don't know what the fuck yeah. happened to it. He wore the same yeah. shoes for 50 years. Same. same. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, man. Oh, my God. 100%. <laughs> he hoards shit, and oh, my God, he would never throw anything. Nothing goes out of date or out of fashion for this guy. <laughs> like I said, he was like the caretaker at the school, and he used to actually get us to fucking help him out. After we finished school, we would help him clean the fucking school, and then he would give us like 50p. <laughs> Exactly my dad as well. Extreme hard worker. He had uh, At some point he had like four houses and two restaurants. He sold a couple of houses 
for like really cheap at the wrong time. So he didn't make the money that he should have really. He had all this knowledge, but not making the right decisions, to be honest. Selling himself a bit short. Whenever he, <laughs> whenever he used to argue with us, whenever he used to try and discipline us, he would always mention how great he was, how hard he had to work for things that we will never achieve what he has in our second lives. Not <laughs> even. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> the discipline of my father was mostly mental. He would say things like about girls. But your dad spoke to you about girls? He said one thing, which I still remember to this day. If you do get married or if you have a girlfriend, you're going to be very lucky to have one with the way you look and the way you are. My God, you're ugly, aren't you? Said, uh, he said, any girl that you can get. He said, hey, prick, who would want to be with an ugly boy like you? And he I said, think your dad gave you more mental than physical, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. At some point in my life, I, I, I tried to go through women. Just How because. How old were you? 1920, university time. At that time, he stunted my chances with women. Or he yeah. made just look at them, but not be able to talk to them or anything like that. I was beaten before I could actually go up to them and, like, chat them up. I'm sorry, do you speak English? Oh, he speaks English. He just can't speak to women. He didn't want you to go to university, right? He said that I'm not capable to go to university. He, he wasn't wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had the grades and everything to go to university at that time. But he said, you're not this year. You're going to find a job. You're too immature. You're not capable. I it's want to funny to that you're the child that rebelled against your father by going to university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, most children rebel from their parents by like fucking running away from home or whatever, selling, <laughs> selling drugs on, on the street, selling their ass. But you went to university and that was rebelling yeah. against your dad. <laughs> there was a significant conversation that we had when I was 15. He said I was completely out of control, which really wasn't true at all. And he was even looking for um, council houses and looking for ways to kick me out because he didn't want me there. He was saying that I'm going to kick you out and there's only going to be two options. Either you're going to be dead or you're going to be in jail. <laughs> he said that I want you to realize that life is not easy and the, the life that I had is hard. He thinks I've had it really easy and he yeah, wanted to... Because he had to, to grab for it and you exactly. were handed it. Surely as a father, yeah. seeing how much he struggled... You want to give them a better head start. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But my dad was the opposite. He was like, I struggled and I want you to fucking struggle and I'm going to make you struggle by kicking you out of the house. But at some point, I didn't say much. I tried to like put my head down and work hard. And my mum was like telling my dad, like, no. But so glad I didn't go to none of those council houses that he was looking at. Because fucking hell, I would have definitely been involved with the wrong crowd <laughs> or, or doing the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, obviously, we're talking about fatherhood. So it's not necessarily just about our fathers. But like, let's say Baron Jr. now as the yeah. father. <laughs> Dude, Probably got a couple of them all over the place. <laughs> What what would I do? Like, I want my kid to really enjoy their childhood. Yeah, it's like do things and spend time with the kid. Maybe your dad thought it was that hardship that made him successful. Yeah, but my dad wasn't really um, buying me shit. Yeah. I had to steal pounds and things from his pocket, like to buy night trainers. I put a pound every day in my pocket from my dad's pocket, and then I managed to accumulate 30 quid. I don't know what my dad was doing with his money, seriously, because I remember... Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time that like, he ever bought me clothes was when I was fucking 15 years old. He was like, go and pick whatever you want. So me and my brother picked fucking identical Adidas tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> he was always like buying things on the cheap or like uh, there was one time when he went to McDonald's on my birthday. I was like 11 years old and then uh, brought a chicken burger and divided it between four of us. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I remember Milk that. filet fish only on my birthday and we had to divide it by four pieces. <laughs> <laughs>
It was always like that, man. Like, Put the milkshake like, into two cups. <laughs> we were so excited to go to McDonald's and then we came back and, and, and we told him we were still hungry. My dad was vexed. He was shouting at us. He was like, don't be greedy now. Don't be greedy. <laughs> so told me, you've had a lot of practice coaching children. How do you think you'll be as a father? What are you going to do differently to, to what your dad did? Or what do you think you will take from him? I think a fair bit. Like My, my dad had his, had his vices. He had a lot of good things, right? You see how... I turned out, you know, some good traits, I've got some bad traits, but I think a lot of the stuff I think my dad did, for example, my dad was a provider, may not have bought me clothes as such, but food and always in the fridge, there was opportunities, my dad always gave me opportunities, he made us go, he made us um, learn the guitar, he made me go to like stagecoach where I did like dancing, singing and drama, we didn't want to do it because it was uncool and I mean I'd like to try and show my kids you know, you're not too good for something. I'm not too good to go and cut the lawn. I'm not too good to go and do those things. Around this area where I coach is these kids wear $300 cleats. They live in big houses. Their mums and dads drive big cars. So there's a little bit of an entitlement there, you know. It, what pisses me off more, more about that is they'll go and train. They'll take off their cleats and put on $250 sneakers, their sweaty socks into them. And I'm like, you know what you're doing here, guys, right? You know, they're 200, he goes, that's all right, we'll get a, I'll get another pair, you know, in a month. <laughs> so, you know, but I didn't have a social relationship with yeah. my dad. I didn't have a talk about girls, I didn't talk about my feelings. In my childhood, I would say about feelings, about <laughs> him loving me or anything like that. I've never heard him say <laughs> say that, you know. Well, he loves yeah. But I'd definitely take on some things, and my dad did, and maybe just present it in a different way. It's like when you're coaching, right? You don't say you do that because I said so. You do it because, all right, because this is why you do it. This is a wise, it's almost like guided discovery, you know? But yeah, my dad was very, very poor on relationships. And, you know, he didn't know how to show his love or show his feelings until later on. That's a big one, isn't it? Feelings. I, I chuckled there at uh, dog meat because there was one time I wrote down my feelings on a piece of paper and I read it out to my dad at that time when we weren't talking. <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant piece of work. And I just said, uh, sometimes you provoke a reaction from me and I know I've let you down. I only want to make you proud. It was like two pages long. So I just thought like, I'm going to read it out to my dad. At that time when I read it out to my dad, I didn't get the reaction that I hoped he was laughing. And he said, what? You want to be a Nobel Prize winner, is it? <laughs> and then he was like, I provoke you. Yeah, yeah. everything I've, I've written here is exactly how I feel inside. And he said, if you feel like that, you can get out the house. <laughs> get out my house. Uh, and then he said, you will never be a Nobel Prize winner or, or novelist <laughs> in your life. <laughs> then I just got the piece of paper, walked upstairs and ripped it up apart. <laughs> Rip, ripped it apart. You have your backs in like other situations. Yeah. 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 Like, I remember like one time I was in the mosque, about 15 years old now. Did you ever have someone pulled by your ear? Yeah. So well, I got big ears. So, like, my dad was also teaching in the mosque at this point. I was misbehaving or whatever. So this guy, he took me into my dad and was like, look, your son, like, what he's doing. And my dad went psycho on him. He was like, get your hands off my son. It's Only like, I could beat him. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it was a shock to me. Like, oh, here we go. I'm about to get a beating. That was, <laughs> and he was like, I still remember that the one time he fucking stood up for me. But I had a weird one. Like, I was maybe like a 10. And we used to live on an estate. Big, fat, white girl drinking a milkshake from McDonald's. You ever seen Eddie Murphy uh, roar? You know the one where he says, oh, I've got an ice cream got from the ice cream van? Someone was mocking him. You don't have no ice cream. You didn't get nothing. 
because you are on the welfare. And then his ice cream fell or whatever. But anyway, there's this girl with a milkshake and she was kind of like goading me. And I was like 10. And she kept saying, I got a milkshake. You ain't got a milkshake. You can't afford it. I kind of like did a karate kick and I kicked the milkshake out of her hand. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to go tell my mum on you. I'm going to go tell your parents. I was like, oh, oh. And I was like, nah, I'm dusting, man. I went into my house and I hid. uh, (laughs) On the door. And then my dad came to the door and he's like, oh, what's the problem? He goes, oh, well, uh, your son just kicked my daughter's milkshake. I just bought her that for da 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 da. My dad goes, where's Dogmeat? And Dogmeat was hiding behind the sofa. So I come out the sofa um, and then my dad closed the door and goes, oh, let me find out what happened. So I told my dad, oh, she was saying this, this, this and this. And my dad's like, and, and then he goes, did you kick her milkshake over? Because the worst thing my dad always said, right, you can do whatever crime. But if you lie about it, that is the worst. Yeah. That's where you get the double slaps. You know? <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to lie here. I'm going to say, yeah, I kicked it over. And he goes, oh, why did you kick it over? And I, and I told him. My son said he didn't kick it over. He said, your daughter uh, dropped it. And then she goes, I want a pound back or whatever it was, 40p. And my dad said no and shut the door. And then <laughs> my dad come into the living room. And normally he does this trick in it. Like if he knows that you're going to go run and you're in trouble, he, he goes, come and sit next to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he comes to sit there and we kept watching the TV and he didn't even beat me. He just defended me. Every time he moved, I was like fidget and try and block my face or something. <laughs> <laughs> moved his little twitch, man. I had like the twitchy thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know like, that. You know, he'd always defend me against others. And, you know, one time, like some kid like fouled me in football and I came home crying. My dad knocked on his dad's door and was like, I'm going to sort you out. Um, <laughs> so then I was as old, man. It was, it was crazy the loyalty he had for his family, even though yeah. he didn't mind beating the family. <laughs> <laughs> when I got beaten up in, in school, I come back home. And my dad was like, hey, wish Anand was my son. You're not my son. There was a one, one time when I was being accused of stealing a guy's DVD. Guy used to come over to our house and we used to play. Told my mum, like, I didn't do it. And even when I came back from school at that time, his mum drove outside the school waiting for me. His mum's English was, like, really poor. All I understood was, like, mana, 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 DVD, DVD, mana, <laughs> no, 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 DVD. And I was like, I didn't take any DVDs. I didn't take... So she was like driving alongside me while I was walking. And um, I said, no, I didn't. And then I, I come back home and I tell my mum. And my, my dad was there as well. My mum was like, this is harassment. And my dad was like, this is not right. So the guy started calling, t- telling me that I took my DVD. And then I, I put the phone down like three times. And then he called like again. And my dad picked up the phone. And he was like, my son didn't steal your DVD. You bastard! You bastard! He did not see the DVD! And he was like, mental. <laughs> he went crazy. He, started, he said like a hundred times. <laughs> and, then he, and then after he put the phone down and he was like we're going to go over to the house they they lived on the same street as us and my dad was like we're going to go over to the home and I tried to stop my dad from doing it and then we walked over to his house as we knocked on the door the lights switched off and my dad still said to him if you ever ring again I'm going to call the police you bastard <laughs> and they went back over. I was shocked my stood dad up for you. yeah he stood up for me man wasn't there like a football story oh my god yeah so we were playing football out after school and I was in goal. I was having a magnificent performance and the guy just had a spelter of a shot from like six, seven yards away and I, I managed to tip it over. I didn't wear gloves or anything at that time. A good five minutes later, I picked up a ball that was rolling and then I realised my wrist was, was hanging. So it broke. So at that point, I was like screaming in agony. So they started calling like uh, the teachers that were there. The headmaster was being a real dick, saying stuff like, oh, you shouldn't be playing after school. As the ambulance was there, 
the absolutely gorgeous looking paramedic was saying that he's completely out of order. He shouldn't be saying this. You got your wrist broke. And all I can hear is the boys that were playing football outside screaming and saying that, oh, doctor, I, I got a problem right in my balls. And like, because <laughs> she was standing. They were ringing my, my home phone. No one was picking up. So they rang my, my dad's mobile phone. And my dad was at work at that time. And he said, sorry, I can't pick up my son. I'm at work. So he put the phone down. So they rang him again. And they said that you need to come immediately. You know, someone needs to go to the ambulance with him. So um, my dad was like, no, you know, I can't come. And then he, he put the phone down again the second time. Uh, the teacher rang again and he switched off his phone. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you need to come because it's an emergency. Your son's going to yeah. go to the hospital. They didn't even explain what had what the emergency happened. Was. Yeah, what yeah. the cause was. He just put the phone down before they could actually tell him. Oh. And they were like, that's outrageous from your dad. And I go, um, I think he might be busy at work at that point. And they were like, yeah. But there was a teacher that took me to hospital and sat with me. And they were like, we need to get some form signed. Really need your parents to come in. At some point, they rang home again. And then my mum like, picked up the phone and she said that, like, oh, I was always at home. And my mum was really pissed off at my dad, like really pissed off. And she made it clear on the phone to my teacher, like what an idiot that man is. So my mum had to get a lift from like an uncle, family friend. She came in and my mum was like screaming at me. And the doctor <laughs> said, could you calm down, please? There's no way to talk to your son like this. He's going wow. through a really hard time. And my mum was like, stupid boy, you shouldn't be playing football. You know, you're a small boy. You're tiny. You shouldn't be playing football. You know, these boys, these boys yeah. are too big to play football with. <laughs> to the yeah, inter- don't try and play with the big boys, mate. <laughs> yeah, don't try and play with the big boys, oh, mate. Oh, you, ain't a, you ain't a baller. My dad got a letter through the post from the headmaster saying that it was gross negligence on his part and that he will be contacting the social services. What had happened was very serious. And my dad was really shocked at that point. And he was like, oh, no. Instead of going to the headmaster to see him, he wrote a nice long letter, <laughs> sent it via post, <laughs> saying that I take full responsibility for my actions. I'm very, very sorry. It won't never happen again. I didn't realize my son was going to hospital for a broken bone. I, it might have been a cold or a cough. <laughs> 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 but he was really busy at work. <laughs> and, uh, and from this day, whenever I go home, I always speak to my mom and say, remember that time when dad didn't come to hospital? And my, dad was, and my mom was like, disgusting, isn't it? Disgusting, man. Because um, yeah, something that is never forgotten. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why the whole relationship with my father is. This is another thing that dented the loving relationship we could have had. One of my dad's proud moments. I remember, like I, did, I was doing soccer tryouts at the end of school. So random. My dad came with my two uncles. So obviously, my two uncles have come over for like a family get together or something. And I see my dad and my two uncles. I'm like, rah, what is my dad doing here? Like, my dad's never that here. My dad's making style like he's come and watch my me play soccer all the time and making style because he's got audience, you know. But anyway, we score a goal in the game and, it, and um, for a bit of fun at the end is penalties, right? Everyone took a penalty. I scored a goal in the game and I was like, oh yeah, buzzing. I'm looking down at my muddy ascot. My ascots, mate, I'll tell you what, mate. I had some high tech. They were like some pointy fat boots that you just don't know where that ball's coming off. You know? (laughs) Um, It's my penalty, and I'm like, oh, you know what? All the penalties ahead of me miss. So I'm like, oh my God, if I miss now, my daddy's going to just rinse me. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, I've decided where I want to go. I'm going to put this ball in the top right corner. I'm going for the top right corner. I take a big run up, I smash the ball aiming for that top right but as i hit the ball i open my eyes and it is sailing into the top 
left corner, <laughs> right? I swear to God, top left corner, and it goes in the top corner, right? And I'm like, boom. And my dad, on the way home, all he kept to, oh, dog me. What a, what a penalty. You hit it in the top corner. You had the best penalty. How did you hit it in that top corner? I'd never told him to this day. Ever <laughs> to this day. I'm like, yeah. My dad was digging me did up you say top all right the way. Corner, yeah. <laughs> I'm aiming for that top right corner, man. I swear to God, those ascots, mate. Those ascots, they come off one point, man. They went boom the other way. Yeah, but, so man, why does the ball still go the other way nowadays then? Uh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. That's just, that's just, that's just bad aim. But, but later on, uh, when I'm trying to get like a next little high tech upgrade, uh, <laughs> my dad's like, what's wrong with those ascots? <laughs> they did it for you the they, first time. They scored you those goals. Let me, hey, go put those ascots. Let me see if they still fit you. And you're like trying to scrunch your foot right up to the front. <laughs> just try and, just try and say that to me. And he goes, that's okay. We don't get you no high tech. Sorry, my other brother. Hey, what what boots you got? Hey, and then he gives me boots which are three sizes too big. <laughs> wear, wear double sock and put some newspaper in it. Back over to the Baron. Perhaps oh, he can yeah. give us some of Baron Senior's words of wisdom this week. Baron Senior's words of wisdom. There was one where it was, do as I say, but not as I do. <laughs> I will tell my son as well. Do as I say, but not as I do. What other words of wisdom you got for us, especially maybe people that don't have fathers or a father figure? Oh, so for those single parents and the kids who have single parent uh, families, especially no fathers, I'll be like, I can be the father that you never had. <laughs> tell I your mum be... to give me a call. <laughs> tell your mum to give me a call. I'll be there. Uh, I'll Baron, pick up the... available for you 24-7. I'll fix up all the shelves. <laughs> I'll fix up all the shelves and making your mum feeling all right. All right, that's it. Just out of curiosity, whose dad would win in a fight? Mine. My dad, he was threatening one woman once about parking space. Oh, shit. Uh, because she said that you shouldn't be parking here, like move your fucking car out of the way. Yeah. My dad was like, I'm only going to the shops and I'm going to be here five minutes. Say that she's calling her husband. And my dad was like, you can call your husband, but have you seen the size of my shoes? And, he oh, said, shit. and then he started taking his shoes off. So, yeah, he, <laughs> but I think my dad wouldn't really win, but he will fight dirty though. He will take his shoes off. <laughs> yeah. Season two, yeah. The later years, fatherhood part two. Yeah. All our dads behind bars. <laughs> We've been and doing the dog show between the class. My dad, mellowed, my dad mellowed out last 10, 15 years. <laughs> shit, my dad's going to do some uh, fucking, probably some jihadi shit or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs>